The Garnet Wager is a show where two players compete in a fantasy-style competition while watching episodes of The Genius. Their drafted fantasy genius contestants earn or lose points through their actions, leading to an ultimate victor at the end of the season. But points don't tell the whole story. You never know when some fantasy garnets will turn the tables. Listeners are invited to play Fantasy Genius as well, through rules and criteria provided via links in the show notes. May you chase those ugly victories and beautiful defeats, even from the safety of your home. This is the Garnet Wager. Begin. almost died the show uh on this podcast i'll be playing the role of yoshi and six will be playing the role of uh broshi um we usually talk about the korean game show the genius but this week we're going to talk about the mario franchise broshi what is your history with the mario franchise well um i got attacked by a shy guy once mm-hmm. and you'd think with a name like shy guy they would not be the sort of people that would fuck with you but that's not true they're brutal they're so mean Um, they're mean it's like very physically harmful to be around a shy guy for long times it's it's very true but other than that i don't know you know i i I played some some mario i played as mario on my nintendo switch uh this week because i was playing some of the newest super smash brothers game um and that was oddly satisfying because like you know when you're when you're living like life as one of the yoshi species it feels like sometimes your fate is to be controlled by mario and to kind of flip the tables was really satisfying but ultimately isn't the thing about being a broshi that like ultimately isn't the one (laughs) 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 the thing about being a yoshi is mario can't get by without you like there are levels where they where he requires yoshi and uh you know he's not paying you and that sucks but um, you're needed. Yeah, I mean, you're it's valid. Kind of, it's kind of like it's kind of like saying that like Jeff Bezos needs the people that work in an Amazon warehouse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I guess he does, but he still throws us in the fucking trash. So I still don't feel good about that. He still jumps off of a cliff and goes wahoo. And I'm ready to wahoo on over to the Garnet Wager, a podcast where we talk about the South Korean game show, The Genius. I'm Six Demar. I'm Alan Ibrahim. And Alan, I had a great intro planned around calling it the garbage wager mm. and talking about it be a show where we ate garbage. Oh. But actually, I think yours was better, and we're gonna roll with it. Oh, you're keeping that? Oh, of course. Oh boy. Oh, uh, hey guys. <laughs> Welcome to the Garner Wager. Um, it's been a minute. We're uh, it has. We're we're happy to be back. I, I I will come in and say uh, we took a week off partly just for personal reasons, mental health reasons. And just we are in the dregs of the like a pretty mediocre season of the genius, and we kind of wanted, you know, 
to take a, take a bit away from it to see if we could come back and still like it. And uh, a good news for people who want this show to continue, um, I think The Genius is still a pretty good show. Yeah, I think like the problem I was running into, and I think it really showed in our content, honestly, mm-hmm. is that it was starting to feel so much like a job, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, And taking a week off, you know, like I don't like missing weeks, but it's like, okay, we're just going to do it. We're going to take a mental health week. And coming back, and I just was like, I was refreshed and ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a, I had a really good time with this episode. I thought this was a really good episode of The Genius. The main match this week is called Chain Auction, referring to the fact that once the actual auctioning of uh, the different uh, numbers and uh, mathematical values uh, takes place, the players are chained to each other. They're chained in pairs. Did I understand that correctly? Uh, no, they're chained all together. They're all chained together, but it's like a it's all one long chain, straight then. line no, that they can move around. I see. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really think the chain thing had much of an effect, other than there's like some good comedy when they get into a knot. Um, because the idea is supposed to be like the chain means that you can't go into another room and say like secret stuff and make secret plans, but like you can whisper. Like the table's pretty big, and a lot of times they would just whisper in a corner. Mm-hmm. what did you think about that did i misinterpret that or is that a valid complaint no i mean like i think that's one of those moments where again like i mean you know not that there's any doubt but it does confirm again how not scripted the show is because i think if this show like had had pre-planned beats there would be some you know like hilarious bit where two people are pulling opposite directions or like you know like the chain gets shut in a door or something or something but like no, the chain actually doesn't end up playing into it very much. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fine because it's like they built the game with this idea and then it just didn't end up really mattering. Right. And the, the game itself is pretty solid. It doesn't necessarily rely on the chain. Again, the chain is more of a gimmick that's just supposed to keep people... Like, I actually think the idea that everybody has to stay in the same place is really interesting from a gameplay perspective mm-hmm. because so much of the genius is like people going into factions and people hearing certain things and, and bits of information passing around because they that's why they build the set the way they do is there's a lot of room for people to like go hide but um when everyone has to stay in one on one table it's like you are going to play the game. it's like sitting down to play a board game with someone you don't like turn to your friend and say like let's go to the other room and talk about what we're going to do in monopoly like you're all you're all there players are all present um there is some corner corny corny corno there's some corny stuff uh at the beginning though with with before even the the game starts uh they distribute the garnets they distribute um the garnets from last week and um they kind of like break down where everybody who's been eliminated gave their garnets um so like there's a really weird part where um someone is like oh yeah shina young texted me who who uh who should get her garnets and they like show a phone conversation that's written in english like yeah, well they they I mean I think there are like subtitles next to the Korean. Oh okay yeah, so it's it's okay that makes more sense. I thought it was like just iMessage. I'm like wait. Mm. Yeah, we didn't get to we didn't get a good look at it. It went pretty fast. Yeah. But I think I think if I'm recalling correctly, it was like uh, obviously bum diddlyumptious having our backs and putting up translations next to all the little little text boxes. Bum diddly the goat, absolutely. 
Dongmin still making the really corny dealer my hates my friend jokes to the point where Hyunmin is like go go do your bit like hey there's the dealer you're gonna go do your bit now go ahead <laughs> and he's like hi my friend and she completely ignores him and it's like well all right the sun rises and the and it goes down every day and Dongmin every week uh, attempts to be friends with the dealer and fails miserably these are just constants in life would you be friends with Dongmin with Do- friends probably not no. There's a moment where uh, Yeonju calls. She's like, Dongmin, I know him. He's awesome. He's cool. She calls him cool. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I keep forgetting that if you're watching this show and you live in South Korea and you have any like basic knowledge of pop culture that you like should know this guy. But like because I only know him through the genius, I'm just like, this is the guy who's just obnoxious and like weird to women sometimes. Like that's his whole bit. I feel like he and, and Song Min, though, are like the two people in this series who, to me, have felt the most like, oh, everybody knows this person. Yeah, right. You know? Um, and that actually uh, plays into this episode in a moment that um, I texted you saying, I actually screamed. I actually like had a brief scream, and I, I got really excited. I like, punched my fist into my palm because um, now that they're down to only four players, uh, they have to bring some guests to keep things interesting. Um, so this week and next week, I believe they're doing ge- uh, more guest stuff. Uh, guests this week um, are uh, <laughs> the previous two winners of the Genius, uh, Jino and Songmin, are back. Uh, how excited were you to see your man's back? So it's an interesting question. It was okay. great to see Jino again. Yes, that guy rules, and with time, I only like him more. Mm-hmm. He's just, he's charming, he's earnest, he's sincere, and he's really smart. Yeah. I might be over Songmin. <gasps> Nuclear take. He comes in, and he does this, like, like sort of, like, standing on the balcony and, like, looking about and deep breathing <laughs> and taking in the air. And I was like, Songmin, yeah. this isn't your season. Right. I, like, this isn't... I... I understand that he's this guy who loves the spotlight, and I don't have a problem with that, but I feel like there's a time and place, and you're here to help the show. You're not here to star in the show this time. He he definitely is a um, like a screen stealer when he walks in. Like He's like, I'm here to do bits, and it's it's the genius. Like I'm back. Everybody likes me here. And it's like, yeah, but like the fun thing about you before was that you like didn't come into it with that confidence. You kind of like developed it and people came to like you from how you played the games. But now mm. that you're just here as this like celebrity guest, it's just like, yeah, cool. Like, I do like you. I am happy to see you here. But like, you're kind of, you're kind of a little bit too high up now for mm-hmm. me to still like enjoy your, your whole shtick. Um, that's, I, I definitely did feel that as well. Like, especially as the episode went on, I was like, all right, this guy is just confident and he's playing this game like he already knows he's going to win. Like, he is very uh, gung-ho about that stuff. And spoilers, he doesn't. No, he does not at all, no. Um, I mean, and the other thing is that seeing him and Dong Min in the same room, it feels like, in a lot of ways, I mean, like, I, I still prefer Song Min's sense of humor to Dong Min's, right? Mm-hmm. But in a lot of ways, it feels like they f- fulfill a similar role, but Dongmin is better at the games. Interesting. Um, and also, he has a sense of honor that I'm coming to appreciate more and more in the genius. Like, I still enjoy some of Songmin's classic plays, mm-hmm. but he was not exactly a person who, who ever had anyone's back. 
Right. Dongmin has had the Hyunmin alliance like since very early on that they talk about a lot in this episode. Mm -hmm. And the way he speaks to Yeonju now, it feels like he's developed a lot um, and he is is trying to actually play with his alliances and his teammates as a uh, competitor and a teammate and not just like mm -hmm. as a shit lord. <laughs> um, like I, he, he has grown on me also, not like to the point where he's my favorite. I think Hyunmin still as like my favorite, one of my favorite players, um, just in terms of like personality is still my favorite, mm -hmm. but um, no, he definitely brings, he, he brings a different energy, but it is weird seeing them kind of like stand together and goof together. And you're like, this is like watching a mirror, talk to a mirror. Mm -hmm. This is just two people reflecting the same type of like confident goof back at each other. Um, similarly, I thought Gino and Hyunmin were both like very polite and nice boys to each other yeah. and to everyone else. Um, but kind of like obviously different ages and stuff. Uh, and that, that comparison didn't feel as uh, exact. as Yeah. No, I feel like there's, there's sort of like a, if you mix Hyunmin with a little bit of Doohee, that's how you get Jinho. There you go. Wow. Um, Cause he's got them. He's got the more like, he's got the more withdrawn. Like Hyunmin, I think it's great. I think Hyunmin's great, but he also mm -hmm. is always really excited at how smart he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's and like a nineteen year old, yeah, and that's not a like that's fine. I don't have a beef with that, but that's not Jinho. No, he is definitely not a cocky kind of guy. Mm. Um, he won very humbly in in uh, season one, and um, yeah, it's a different bit. It kind of, I mean, like again, again, again. If this was a show, then they would be even more exactly the same, and the and the show would do would go to great lengths to highlight like how they have like similar hand motions or similar jokes, but you know, that's just what we bring to it. And look, it's Boruto's you know, dad. It's know. exactly. <laughs> it's Orochimaru too. Orochimaru too, the sequel. Um, I know I've never, I haven't watched all of Naruto yet. So nobody roast me for my bad Naruto jokes. Uh, they're playing. Um, there's a moment where, yeah, I guess they do kind of do the like, if this was filmed thing where Dongmin and Songmin are playing rock, paper, scissors and just keep hitting the same sign over and over. And I'm like, okay, no guys, I do get it. Like I, I get it. <laughs> I thought it was really very cute. similar. It's, it's adorable, but it's just like it, they're doing that bit. Cause they know um, that they're, that people are going to think that they're like kind of similar. They're both the, I want to, I always want to say Hollywood. I was thinking about this recently. When we talk about celebrities, mm -hmm. we have this very, very American centric view of like Hollywood is where celebrities come from. But, um, and I know it, we mean like the concept of Hollywood, not literally Hollywood, California, but like there has to be a better, more international term for like where famous people come from. The, the womb? Sure. Yeah. We'll call it the womb. That's perfect. <laughs> um, I mean, like, I feel like that, I feel like that bit, like I could see Dong Min being like, I'm going to make these repeated ties because I think that, I think that'll be a good bit. Mm -hmm. I think Song Min's too proud for that. Ooh. I think Song Min was playing com like, I mean, I think they were probably both compla playing completely earnestly, but I'm positive Song Min was. So, it, yeah, so if you want to say that that was rigged, that it was rigged because Dongmin kept intentionally tying, which is fucking good. <laughs> no, you can kind of see him. They cut around it, but you can kind of see him like waiting half a second. Mm. He's doing that bit. Yeah, um, that's true. That's true, so. actually. Uh, the, to actually pivot to talk about the game, though, um, I think Hyunmin stood out for me very early on for just understanding the like kind of nuance of... Uh, of chain auction really well. 
mm-hmm. um, because you can, there's two phases to it. You can, uh, there's the like picking your numbers phase and then there's the auctioning and trying to make equations phase uh, and being like the guessing other people's numbers part as well as kind of wrapped up in that second part. But he is the first one to realize and they kind of cut back to when they're explaining the rules and they show him like pumping his fist in excitement that uh, division works wonders in this game because um, most people don't think to use the division to sign. They just figure like addition or subtraction, get as close to 10 as you can and you'll win the game. But if you divide, they, they mentioned that the game always rounds it to the closest number. So you can actually like get all, you can pick all sorts of weird numbers and not have anybody expect how you're going to use them. And at the last moment you can get something, you can pretty much just get 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty and easily. also it makes it like, there's a mechanic where, you like other people can steal points from you by guessing your number and it's like with division that becomes impossible right because then you're working with decimals and that's not they can't Mm. do that so it's it's smart it doesn't but what's funny is like it doesn't feel like he has completely broken the game at that point it's not like oh hyunmin figured it out he's just gonna win now Mm -hmm. um because there's still a lot of uh different things that trip people up like the fact that um Dongmin has a really good play set up and then doesn't realize that the game follows PEMDAS and that multiplication and division have to come before addition and subtraction and then he like his whole entire play doesn't work. Yeah. It's a weird I guess I don't think they mentioned that in the beginning rules description. I think that was just like an assumed rule, maybe. Yeah, I think I mean we didn't see it. Maybe it was maybe it was mentioned on set, but also it's just like, I mean, that's how math works. Right. So. When you do when you do addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division, uh, the last two come first. Yep. Um, so, you know that's that's just kind of a bad play on his. There's a I think there is a fundamental difference though between the bad play in that case and the the DM, which we'll talk about because I don't think that's a case of bad play at all. I think that's just a unfortunate circumstance. Mm. But we will talk about that. Um, the game doesn't entirely go in Hyunmin's favor though because Gino comes in. And sweeps the victory, which mm. is really exciting. Uh, remind me how he did it. Like, what was his sort of play? I mean, so he also gets the um, the 10. But then he just sort of, like, manages to negotiate for chips from people. Mm-hmm. And chips count for points as well. So he takes it on chips. Oh, I see. So he's not just playing for the math. He also played for chips. I remember. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what you get from real genius champion. You know, they're well-rounded. They, co- they cover every element of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have any other notes about the actual main match play in any of the negotiations or any of the, the talking segments? I mean, I think the only thing that I note that I really noted is that there were two people, m- maybe you could say three, who were really invested in like the bidding to get the first pick. Which uh, oh, so they? it's it's either it's you could say it's Dongmin and it's Yunsong and you could maybe include Youngju, mm-hmm. and none of them got anywhere near the top. And they get right. So it's kind yeah. of interesting that it seems like that part of the game is just kind of like a, a, like, maybe it's just the way this particular session of it played out, but it feels like it was kind of a red herring, almost, mm-hmm. of a game mechanic. It's, uh, yeah, there, there's, like, more mechanics hidden in this game than, than the usual main match. Like, there's a decent amount of, like, subtlety and little sub-things you can put a lot of focus in, but yeah, they more than one of them, like, invests into that, and then it doesn't pay off at all. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of a bummer, but you know, it me I like it when the game is complicated. Um, oh, I also do want to point out that yeah. early on, uh, Songmin takes Jinho off to a side room and is like, 
listen, if we work together, we can guarantee a victory here. Like, you and me working together. And Jinho's like, what? No. That's not how the rules of this game work. I'm just going to win by myself. <laughs> yeah, this isn't a team game. Why'd you say that? It's, it's again, it, it's somebody putting a lot of faith in the, uh, like, also calling out people's numbers thing. Mm-hmm. Because similarly, in a moment that they replay over and over again, mostly just to, to like, kind of throw off the viewer, uh, Sung is told by Dong Min, I believe, like, don't, um, don't guess my number. I'm going to, you're going to end up knowing my number, but don't guess it. Mm-hmm. And then Yunsung is like, sure, okay, sure, sounds good, sounds like a plan, definitely will do that. And then immediately it's like cut to, hey, Yunsung guessed Dongmin's number, and he guesses it right. And then you know Dongmin like eyes of fire, he's like, all right, I have a new person I want to murder this week. Here we go. But like, no, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, I mean, like, cause and again, this is another element of of Dongmin showing a side of of himself that I really respect, which is him. He was like, at first I was pretty pissed that Yunsung guessed my number when I told him not to. But then mm-hmm. I looked at the math, and he could either have last place or guess my number and get second to last. So I can't really hold that against him. He had no choice there. Right. It was th- that was those were his options. And then also, um, he looks past his frustration in that moment and thinks, well, Yunju also has been to fewer DMs than Yunsung has. I think. Or is that, are they both? Have they both been? I, in two? I think they both been to two. Well, he's kind of like judging. I guess he doesn't really know then who is the easier deathmatch opponent. He's not picking based on that. Well, I mean, if you, I mean, to be fair, if you think about, and and you know, I, I, it's kind of unfair because the way the DM plays out definitely supports my theory here. So I could be working backwards. Sure. But if you think about the strengths of these players, mm-hmm. Yun Sung has this thing. Oh, I don't know what it is, but when his back is up to the wall, suddenly, like, I mean, they they. Mentioned in the opening, they call him like like the man of steely reser- resolve, right? Like, right. Yeah. When his backup is, is up against the wall, suddenly he's just a poker face killer. Um, and Yunju, I think, is a smart lady, but she has no self confidence. Big mood. Um, and so I think like if you're if you're Dongmin there, it's like, well, one of my assets that has been like to my benefit this entire show is the fact that I have a strong, like, psychological, like, mind game presence, and I also have a reputation. And those two things together, I'm not going to be able to really leverage against Young Sung because he just doesn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. So. You, you'd rather play against someone who has something to lose than the person who's just, like, n- no longer caring <laughs> mm-hmm. and has checked out. Because that's... We, we definitely mentioned this at some point, either this season or last, but, like, the most dangerous deathmatch opponent is the person who is out for... Not out for blood, but the person who has nothing to lose. Yeah, wasn't it, you can wasn't it with uh, Dai last season? I think you're right. Dai you're and right. Uh, I think it was. Uh, oh no, I'm gonna get roasted. Yeah, uh, roast Reese. Give me the Reese roast. I can picture her face. She's the other person in the Doohy badge theft. Uh huh. Uh-huh. That lady. I want to see if you can get it. I believe in you. I I, I can't. I can't. Starts with a Y. It starts with a yep. Y. Let's start with a Y. Good job. Oh, you know it? I do know it now. Did yeah. you look in the Discord? Well, yeah. Okay. For a second, I was like, wait, Alan's got a better memory than me. This isn't acceptable. That's not possible, no. It's either you young or Yun-sun. It's Yun-sung. Okay, there you go. Um, or no, it is you young. You're right. Yun-sung was the lawyer. Um, I'm always right. You're right. You young. I'm, what? You young. <laughs> um, Anyways. Yeah, but she was, but in that, in that death match, 
Yu Young was like, I've made my, was basically like, I've made my, like, Dai was like, how are you doing this? Like, aren't you scared? And she was like, I've made my peace. And yeah. she oh, yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, took her yeah. out. That was awesome. I remember that. Heck mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That was sick. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like flashing back to season two. Man, good season of television. A little um, bit of an anticlimax at the end, but you know. True, true. Um, I uh, don't really have any other big thoughts about this main match other than I always appreciate when we get a, a brand spanking new game. Uh, it's obviously like based in similar rule sets as, as stuff we've seen before, like uh, betting on like what other people are going to do. And um, and kind of like expression auction from uh, previous seasons. Yes. Yep. And, and, that, and they really like auctions and stuff, it seems like, on the show. Because so. they're sick. It can be. It's they my favorite thing. Be. I just go to the auction. I'm like, I don't even want the shit, but I bid on it anyway because it's just exhilarating. <laughs> I just like hearing the guy talk really fast. That's my favorite. And then part. sometimes I win, and it's like, oh shit, I don't have any money. Uh, I don't have that. I, don't <laughs> I just want, want like to be nickel. part of the process. <laughs> can I give this to someone else? <laughs> um, yeah. And then the other thing is when they're when Dongmin is picking who to go to the DM with. I will say I was really surprised that he went. I was like briefly worried for my fantasy team. I was like, am I? Is the king dead? Did I finally? Is this mm. going to finally happen? Um, once he picks Yanju, I was like, oh, mm, okay. We'll have to see what kind of game this is. Uh, but I was pleasantly, I was pleasantly uh, surprised. So, But before we talk about the DM, we have to talk about our homework. Homework, homework, homework. Alan, we made some choices for this one, didn't we? Oh, boy, we did. Uh, we certainly did. Um, I had us watch... The 2003 film Atlantis Milo's Return um, because, well, at the moment it was because it was really funny that, like, I have known about the movie Atlantis for years and years and years since it came out and never watched it. Always meant to watch it. Saw the commercials constantly. This guy Milo Thatch, he goes to Atlantis. He meets a cast of wacky characters. He, um, like, falls in love with Cree Summer and then, um, like, rescues an idol or something. And it was, like, one of DreamWorks' biggest uh, failures ever. It's, like, a very high-budget film with very uh, low box office. And then they made a direct-to-DVD sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all we knew going into this. Um, nobody warned us what we just watched. But um, I don't think we watched a movie, Six. I don't think there's ever been something <laughs> more directly to DVD. It is entirely direct to DVD. In fact, May 19th, 2003, uh, somebody said, um, yeah, we should put this out for kids to watch. And I'm not surprised that it exists. Um, For those that don't know, Atlantis, Milo's Return is not necessarily a sequel film to Atlantis. It is um, that it was intended as a pilot for an Atlantis animated television show uh, that was going to air on, I think, Disney Channel uh, at the time. And all it is is the first three proposed episodes of the show. Um, once they realized they probably weren't going to get a show because Atlantis did so badly, that's like the reason this thing isn't a TV show, for example. Um, they added like literally one single scene between the three of each of them to kind of justify them being in the same story. And it's- often not even a full scene, just a few lines at the beginning of the scene were like, uh, like the transition to episode three is just like it's like a hard cut from the desert to like a snowy lodge and then like the professor character's like i bet you're glad to be here in the snow after your time in the deserts yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like we sure are professor <laughs> 
professor who we haven't seen in like since the first half third of the movie um i was fascinated by this viewing of this movie i was so like the obviously the comedic intention of watching the sequel to something before watching the original um was not lost on us uh particularly in the first third like the first i guess we're just gonna call them episodes because this is not again this is not a movie what we watched is not a movie um it is sold like that it is billed on netflix as a film it's not a film um the first one is definitely like the gang's back together, guys. You remember everybody from Atlantis, like Vinny and Mole and uh, Audrey. And you're like, yeah, I, like if you watched that movie, I bet that you're like, oh, yeah, that's so cool. Like, it's nice. Uh, 11 year old Alan or whatever is nice to see all these characters back and they're hanging out and it's great. But we didn't watch that movie. <laughs> so this whole first episode is just like real weird callbacks to that movie and like people referencing their their past relationships with no explanation like why the hell how did milo become like king question mark of atlantis maybe and like then, he wears like, the outfit and he's married to kita i guess the queen yeah um or like two characters who it seems like like there's the old lady and the old man like yeah. not, not like the old old man but it's like okay the old lady is just here like so that some atlantean boys can hit on her and then the old man is just there because he he whispers something scandalous to some Atlantean ladies, and then they beat him up. And it's just like right. this is bizarre. <laughs> it's so weird to watch this movie, um, or thing this episode without watching Atlantis. Like it just doesn't. This first one does not work. It has this setup of like what the premise of the show was supposed to be was like it's the continuing adventures of the Atlantis crew. You know, all your favorite friends are back, and they're doing like indiana jones style heists and they're saving the world uh in like a cool heightened high fantasy sort of way um i think that premise only fully works in the second and third episode because this first one really does just feel like reference bingo um and then also they fight cthulhu (laughs) it's like hey guys remember atlantis also oh god cthulhu's here okay we took care of cthulhu bye like it's it's nothing it's very very strange uh, there's a lot more to this too. Like I, I did, since it's a kid's film or it was the first one's a kid's film, like the characters aren't that complex that you can't figure out what their whole shtick is pretty quickly. Um, but they just didn't need to come back in this way. Like Kita is like my father count how many times she says my father in this, uh, in these three episodes or, uh, Milo is just like a nerd, I guess a nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's his whole bit, but also uh, they don't have the Hollywood pull anymore of being like, it's Michael J. Fox as Milo. It's like, no, no, they got Titus from FF10 to just do um, a basically a Michael J. Fox impression. Like, they just switched. They did the classic, like, we got a TV show thing of uh, we can't get the celebrities anymore. That's way expensive. Um, and you have Vinny, who is easily the best character. That's easily very the best true. character. Very true. <laughs> Oh my God, Vinny's in, and I've heard um, here say that Vinny's also the best character in the film. Um, there's like people quote him a lot. He's just a funny Italian guy, but he's not Italian in like the stereotypical like boopity spaghetti way. He just has an Italian accent and talks about explosions a lot. Like his deadpan works so well 
contrasted against like the ridiculousness of them fighting a kraken in an undersea base or whatever yeah i mean like his writing is just as dumb as anybody else's like don't get it twisted yeah. but his yeah his delivery is pretty incredible yeah yeah it's it's really it's really it's actually genuinely funny uh you have mole who is like my least favorite type of comedy character where it's just like he's fat and weird and he likes eating and he can like smell things and like if he licks something he can like work like a tracking dog and determine where it came from i guess he's just a convenience character who's used to solve the plot of one of the episodes and uh, of the second episode um and i usually don't like that kind of guy but they're i guess they fit in the cast uh and you have audrey i guess what did you think of mole by the way sorry i just <laughs> he's mole there sucks. yeah he sucks real bad um I just get, get rid of get rid of every mole scene and replace him with Audrey because we did not get enough Audrey. In this we did film. not get enough Audrey. I guess mole just made me like like several other things in this. Just made me like think about the first movie and be like, why did you make these choices? Yeah, right. <laughs> My question is like, what is the context that they brought all these weird people together? Is this like an expeditionary group that like met for the first movie and then they were like, let's be best friends now? It like, kind of seemed like it. I guess. But, like, where did they all come from and what were they doing before they came here? Um, especially Audrey and especially Mole, where you're just like, where were you? Where did you... Why are you guys working here together? Why is Keita leaving Atlanta? I'm so confused by why anyone here knows each other. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure these are all questions that we could answer if we watched the first one. I do not actually want to watch the movie now. <laughs> like, I have a passing fascination because I've heard it's like this but with a budget. Um, the show kind of looks like garbage. <laughs> it, like... It's really not the best um, animation style. It's 2D. No. It's very flat. Um, there's like this kind of shading on it that just, again, feels like you put a shader on afterwards, like as an after effect. Um, it's not an appealing show to look at. It looks like low budget Scooby-Doo, to be honest. Um, but it's sold by, I guess, pretty decent voice performances um, and a plot that mostly makes sense. Like, the first episode is them fighting the Kraken. The second one is they're fighting an evil capitalist who steals, a, like, a some sort of artifact and uh, disturbs, like, an ancient Native American burial ground? Yeah. And then they, like, they turn into wolves. It, that, that one's a little bit yikes, actually, in hindsight. It's a little fraught mm-hmm. that they make all these jokes about how, like, the spiritual um, Native is actually not even a person, but he died years ago, and now... He's just, he can reincarnate as these wolves that, like, fight the bad guy. Um, I had to, like, I couldn't stop hearing the bad guy, though, because he is uh, Tom Tom F. Wilson is playing the, the role of Carnaby. He's the bad guy from Back to the Future, and he's, like, been in a bajillion movies. Tom Wilson's, like, a pretty funny comedian, actually. Hmm. Um, or he was. I don't know if he's still funny. Um, and then the third episode, which was my favorite by a long shot, is the one where they're trying to stop uh, Ragnarok. <laughs> like, actually the end of the world. It's such, like, it's, it, there's, the opening of that episode is so, like, 90s cartoon in the most, because, like, is this dude... Like, it's like, oh, man, somebody broke into the house and stole this spear. And then, like, it's like this flashback to, 
this dude with an eye patch, like sending birds to crows to open the door for him. And he walks in and grabs a spear and says, Hi, I'm Odin. I'm here to fuck shit. And you're like, What? what up? <laughs> and they're like, You're not Odin. You're just a dude. And he's like, I'm Odin. They're like, Hey, I'm the queen of Atlantis. And he's like, You're my daughter, queen. <laughs> Whatever. Like, they, and they never address the fact that, like, at the end, they're like, well, we got to put him on some heavy medication because he's crazy. And it's like, okay, you didn't even, they're not even going to, like, try to address how you help someone recover from that kind of psychosis. But sure, whatever. He's a bad guy. It's just an excuse for them to be, like, have evil Odin in the present, I guess, without using a time machine. Hmm. Um, so he tries to bring uh, about Ragnarok because I guess he wants to, like, reset the world and then rebuild it in his image, uh, and then he basically succeeds. There is a point in this episode, and I actually think this is like why I liked it so much, where Ragnarok is happening. The fire and the ice ogre are like des- destroying the planet for a couple of seconds there before um, Vinny is like, I have a plan, or you know, Milo's like, Vinny, do you have a plan? He's like, yeah, I got a plan. And it's just like they're just accepting that the world is ending. Nobody is like freaking out. They're just like, all right, time for another adventure. Here we go. And it's like, <laughs> yo, the literal, the whole apocalypse is happening in front of you. And you're just like, all right, well, here we go on another one. <laughs> Vinny's like, like, like mm, you got some Norse mythology up in my shit, huh? Guess that yeah. calls for more dynamite. You're like, what is. <laughs> what? <laughs> There's like death happening in front of you, bud. Like. This it's so weird, and they don't have to reckon with it because it's like in the middle of the Antarctic, so it's like uh, no one's dying. But like, there's like a the sky fills with fire or whatever, and the floor is filled with ice, and it's like nah, whatever, we gotta go, we gotta go do a thing, or else the whole world's gonna explode. And I just I really dig that like norm norm normalizing <laughs> the apocalypse kind of vibe. I think the show could do that more if it actually had been greenlit, and I that would have been cool to me. Um, but it was not. Um, this was a really weird adventure. I'm really glad to have brought it to the table because I absolutely would never have watched it, even if I watched the first one. Mm-hmm. And there's just something really like nostalgic for me because I used to watch a lot of these like junky adventure cartoons in the early 2000s that were like based on properties I ha- I hadn't seen like. I watched the Doug Disney series before I watched the Nickelodeon one. I had to go back and watch it. Or like I own, I'm looking on, I'm pulling a classic six right now. I'm looking on my shelf right now. I have a VH copy, VHS copy rather of um, Stitch the movie, which is a, (laughs) so they put out Lilo and Stitch and I didn't, I've never seen that movie. And then they did a Stitch the TV series, which was like a Lilo and Stitch TV series where there was a bunch of other experiments around Hawaii that they had to go find and capture and Stitch the movie was just like an interstitial thing explaining how the show happens. So it was the same thing where it was like it was a pilot for a TV show. And I watched Stitch the movie like over and over again, not having seen the original Lilo and Stitch and not knowing what it was about. I was just like, all right, I guess he goes and rescues aliens. That's what Lilo and Stitch was for me. Like when you're a kid, you're just like, I don't know, like this thing looks cool. It's on Disney Channel and it's like. I have nothing else to do on a Saturday morning. I guess I'll watch uh, Pepper Ann for the umpteenth time. Like you don't, you're not choosy about that stuff. And one of the things I, whenever I like watch kids television now, just on a lark, I'm like, oh, all of this stuff, the internet existing now makes this less fun because if you wanted to learn about something, you can just go back and watch season one. You're not expected to just jump in the middle and 
get it. Um, and there's no, there's like a little bit less uh, discovery to just like turning on the TV and finding a weird show mm-hmm. and making it your like your entire summer's obsession. Yeah, that's true. Did you have shows like that? I know you're older. You're like eight thousand years old and resurrected as a fucking school idol. But I mean, um, I mostly didn't watch that much stuff, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like we didn't have TV when I was growing up. Uh, we had a TV, but it like you couldn't get any channels. Um, and so, like, I feel like most of my experiences on those lines, I had like I occasionally got like tapes that my friends would record for me with like episodes of like Gundam Wing or Outlaw Star on them. Um, and then mostly it was just like playing weird random games. Yeah. I mean, everyone has a different childhood. I like the other memory I have that's related to the Atlantis two is like their DreamWorks made a lot of movies in the two thousands, like a lot. And most of them didn't do well. And most of them had like really ridiculous casts. So they just, that's why they were big flops. Like, Treasure Planet, even bigger cinematic failure than Atlantis, uh, came out in 2002. And um, their Treasure Planet movie was just like, what if we took the book and made it sci-fi? And the budget was like ridiculous. And the answer, if they say what if, is like, the answer is no one's going to watch it. It's $140 million of garbage. And like, what? <laughs> why did you make this? Um, mm. But I have a certain fondness for that era of their animation style, and and it's all like really beautifully done. It's just that nobody freaking cared because, you know, it wasn't the new Rugrats movie or whatever. Um, but anyways, I'm I'm just I'm glad we watched this. So yeah, uh, what what is your uh, score for this? Um, I think I'm gonna give you two stars. Okay. Uh, because it is bad. Uh huh. <laughs> it's no good. It is quite bad, but uh-huh. um, it was an interesting ride. Right. It's and it's like it's so short cuz it's ba- it's three short episodes of a short TV show. So it barely it barely cracks an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like an hour and 10 or something. If the first episode weren't so grueling, I probably would have done a little higher, but that first episode was rough. Yeah. I I um watched the first one and then paused and I was like, I don't know if I want to watch more of this and then like 4 days later cuz we had 2 weeks, 4 days later I was like yeah, I'll give it another shot. And then the last two I just burned through because I was like, yeah, yeah, I like this show now. Okay. All right. Next, we're going to watch Sinbad Legend of the Seven Seas, and that'll be even better. Oh, yeah. But first, it's time to talk about our death match. Well, uh, for our death match this week, our contestants had to meet their match in Atlantis, the death match. <laughs> It's called Monorail, actually. Atlantis the Monorail. I mean, mon- just Monorail. Um, it's like a pretty simple game, but I really liked it. Hmm. The premise being that there is a bunch of... You are both given a set of uh, railroad pieces. Like They're basically styled like the childhood like puzzle pieces that just teach you how to make patterns. Where some of them are curved and some of them are straight. And the idea of the game is each turn, one person puts down a piece... And it has to eventually make a full loop. And uh, once you hit the point where they can no longer make a loop, the the next person playing has to call out that it's impossible. And if it is, then they win. And if it's not impossible, the op- uh, the other player has to finish it. And I believe that's it, right? I think that's just that's the game. Pretty much, yeah. It ends up being a mental game, though, uh, which works in Dongmin's favor because Yeonju, like sees the board... And understands logically how the game is supposed to work. The game 
progresses naturally for a while. They're just, they're building, it's going, they're mostly making tracks that connect with each other. Every once in a while, it's like, oh, I'll throw one up here. As long as it connects, it still counts. And then they reconnect it to the rest of the track and everything's fine. Um, and then, and I paused at, to look at the board at this point. Dongmin doesn't think he's going to win. Yeonju does a really smart play where she uh, closes a loop early on and then basically makes it so there's only two more gaps left. And either one that Dongmin places one at is going to eventually no longer uh, close the loop. So it's like, oh, logically, he will only put them here. She's got it in the bag. And the show does the thing. I really don't love it when the show does this. I get why, because it's a TV show and they want to get people excited. Where we're to assume that Dongmin has just lost the game. Like, they do the montage of, like, here's all his best moments. Like, remember this guy? Remember, like, the time, the alliances he formed and how he was really smart and good and he was probably going to win the season? Well, he messed up, and so bye-bye to him. But wait, what if you just put a random piece in the fucking top of the board <laughs> and then she has to deal with it? And he puts a piece above another piece that does not connect um, and Yeonju is left looking at it like for like this must have been edited down because it looked like she was just staring at this forever um, which I would be doing the same but like you could clearly connect it in one place but not in two but she starts panicking and she's doubting herself and this is what we were talking about earlier um, and why I actually really like related to this play was Yeonju understands the rule of like if it's impossible you can say it but she doesn't believe that. She doesn't want to have the like Gil Hop moment of I called the I called it as being done when it wasn't done. She's so afraid of embarrassing herself that she she puts a piece down. And Dongmin just kind of is like taken aback, like, oh, I was basically dead, and then she handed me the win. Whoops, I'm gonna take it now. Like mm -hmm. it's a really it's a really strange moment. What did you think of this DM? I feel I'm, like I've been talking a lot. I mean, I think like I didn't mind the montage honestly because it's 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 sort of one of the it's it's a moment where dongmin escapes death through such a ridiculous means that i actually felt like the montage was warranted i i thought that was suspense that they earned right mm -hmm. um and then Valid. like again like this is going back to the confidence thing where it's like the reason that that Yunju doesn't call it. I mean, like, there's there's part of it is like I don't want to be I don't want to call it and be wrong. But a big part of it is just like she doesn't have confidence herself, and it's like I think it's it's a it's a strength of of Dongmin's. He played that piece with the utmost of confidence. He did this like completely like this move that just doesn't work. And he just did it so confidently that Yunji right. was like, okay. Um, She's and, thinking she must be wrong because he played that so straight-laced right. that it has to be a valid play. And it's like, it's one of those things where I, it is a bummer to me that that's how Yunju went out. But it also kind of feels like how Yunju had to go out. Because mm -hmm. like, I mean, it's like. You know, how many times on the Genius have we found out, like, oh, there's this actual, like, extra part to the rules that, like, people didn't exploit or wasn't obvious or somebody misunderstood, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so having this moment where Yunju's like, I must have misunderstood the rules. Shit. Like, I, I hear you. That sucks. 
Yeah, it and and because you see it, like as soon as it happens, she realizes like, oh, oh, and she's just talking out loud, thinking out loud, basically like, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't realize that was a rule. I didn't think that you could make an impossible play. I forgot to call an impossible play. I must have forgotten something. I must have made this mistake. X X Y Z. Um, and then he just quietly like takes the victory, like very you know humbly. Um, and yeah, we are all Yunju in that moment. We are all like. I knew how this worked, and then the system just kind of worked in a fucky way in a moment, and I missed something. My brain had a lapse. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I think that is a better way for her to go out than, like, we've joked before about how, like, she sometimes just doesn't know the rules of things. And it's, like, it seems like she's not paying attention. She's definitely paying attention. The problem is she's arguably playing too, paying too much attention mm-hmm. and was so wrapped up in looking at this board and not thinking about, like, what is going on in front of you that she made a an incidental play, and it cost her her chance of winning unfortunately um it is definitely like the most human elimination i think i've seen on the genius where you're just like yep that's that'll hit you that'll happen to you won't it mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah for sure um i will also say that her exit was really great and humble um and usually when the announcer at the end like says it's little moral of the episode i think it's cheesy but i am a sucker for cheese I love the dairy and the line this episode was um, without the ability to believe in yourself. The genius will not reveal itself. Like you can't be the, you can't be the Jino or the smart person or the song mean without knowing how your own brain works. Mm-hmm. It's about being a team member. It's about being a game maker and a game changer, but it's also just about on a basic level, knowing that like you do understand how these rules work. Mm-hmm. You can do this. Reach for the play. Reach for the play. Just because you see it and you think this can't be possible doesn't mean it's not possible. You can make it possible. Um, and I, yeah, if like, again, sorry to get like corny, but just if this is what I want to get out of us finishing the genius is these little like life lessons that we can grow from. Um, Cause it's like, it's a fun reality show and I love the plays and I love all this stuff. But I think like, I also want to see, you know, these very human things happening and, and us learning from them, you know? Mm. So that that's kind of where I fell as Yanju stepped out. Um <laughs> and we are now only left with uh three players. It is remarkable to me that Yunsung is still in the game. Um I guess he's been playing better and better and also like not been being too spicy lately. Yeah, I feel uh, like he's he's definitely earned his place. He and he's been he's been playing better, but I was just when he started out I was just like, "Oh, this guy is the corny silly doctor." Who gives everybody? Uh, what was that chocolate thing called? It's it not chocolate. It looked like chocolate. It was just medicine. It was medicine. No, but it has a name. It's. Um, I don't think we heard its name. In this episode, we heard. I believe that it's called Gong Jingdan, which I looked up, and it's like an actual thing. It's a medicine that they use in Korea. Um, it's not like a well, like commonly everyone uses it, but it looks like that. It's like in the gold box with a little wrapper and stuff mm. like that's a, that's. A, he didn't invent that, you know. No, of course. But um. Yeah, that guy's there, and then we have Hyunmin and Dongmin, who are eventually going to have to kill each other. So, I've, I think I've literally made that joke before. Eventually, these two men are going to have to die. One of them's going to have to die. Um, that's mm. where we're at with the genius right now. We're so close, Six. We're going to make it. I think we're going to make it. But you know who may oh. not make it? Who's that? Donkey Kong. The, the fantasy points. Uh-huh. <laughs> um... So let's talk about fantasy points, shall we? Yes, let's. Dongmin didn't do well. Oh. 
um, mostly because there was some... So this is one of those rules that I have to be careful about how to implement. It's the show delighted in other players' elimination. Um, right. Dongmin is always is, is, is really pushing the rules as far as like how I define people being like mean. Yeah. And like, I didn't give him any mistreat a guest, right? Uh huh. Cause like he made some mean jokes, but it seemed like it was, it seems like it was all in good fun. But like when you're making jokes about how someone was worthless when they're not there, that feels different to me. Right. So, uh, Dong Min got two hits for that. Unfortunately. Um, meanwhile, Hyunmin did well. So, I won fantasy points this week. Well, uh, by how much? What were the final point scores? Um, so, you got, let's see, uh, minus 23, and then there's a three times multiplier on that. Woof. So, minus 69 there. Um, and I don't, I didn't know whether to give, give Hyunmin won the main match, because technically Jinho won the main match, right? Mm-hmm. So I did. I just didn't. I didn't give it to him. So, in that case, he got eleven points, which you multiply by three. That's thirty-three points. Solid freaking work, my friend. So, uh, does that negative put me overall um, close to not being ahead? I have no idea. Okay, we're gonna have to start thinking about that soon as we get closer yeah. to the season. You know how lazy um, I am about these things. No, you're not lazy. You're just busy. That's that's. Please don't say you were that. lazy. Exactly that, what you just said. Da, 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 da. Um, I don't have the juice right now to sing. I, I need um, I need some sort of water to hydrate my mouth. Or just yeah. <laughs> Boy, talking it. about needing water, mm-hmm. I've still got my hospital band on from yesterday. Da, 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 da. But, um, I was in the hospital. It's fine. Anyway, uh, that's why my voice sounds bad. Um, Alan, for our homework... Mm-hmm. I want you to play some, and I will play it as well. Obviously, that's how homework works. Collaborative homework, yeah. Pno three for the Nintendo GameCube. Oh hell yeah! Did you mm, <laughs> behind the curtain? Did you just change what your homework was? Yep. Cool, rock and roll. I have Pno three. I love that game. Great. I've never played it. You told me I want like a year ago. You were like Alan, if you ever want to play all the weird GameCube games, one of them you should play is Pno three. And I never it's did. true. It's true. It's a weird game. I know nothing about it. Can I get a can I get an elevator pitch or should I go in completely blind? Um It's, it's a military like, game? It's like a, what if Samus fought through dancing What? And was a robo lesbian. What the fuck? Well, that's already true. Um is it a rhythm game? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm excited. It's 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 weird. Um, we'll we'll have a chat about it. Excellent. We'll have a chats about it. I love it. Oh, uh, chats a television podcast. Yeah, did you want to plug that? that? You can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, it's a show where my friend Majan and I talk about TV shows, and we're now uh, partway through season two of Babylon Five. So if you want to watch along, we just did a recap of season one, and you can. Um, check that out. We're doing really great things over there, and Babylon Five is continuing to be a weird and fascinating show. So if you're ever interested in two nerds who've known each other for too long talking about TV um, in a usually critical and we're trying to get more and more political on that show kind of way, uh, check out Chats, a television podcast. Excellent. And where can people find you on social media? 
you know they can't do that. Why? Why would you? That's. I just wanted you to say they can't. <laughs> you cannot. I'm extra. I've, I'm so off the grid now that I no longer know what the grid looks. I don't longer know what the grid leaving looks like. Uh, it's like the. It's like bl- sort of like neon blue and black, and they got like the light cycles. Oh so, wait, I love Tron 2.0 on the PC. Yo, can we play Tron 2.0 at some point? We probably can. Sure. It's on Steam. All right, great, great talk. I'm excited. All right. Uh, and as for my, my plugginess, uh, I'm at six Detmar on Twitter. That's S A X D E T T M A R. And a pin tweet there will tell you about every show I do. Excellent. But Alan, what is our, what is our sign off phrase? What do we always tell people? Oh, that classic, unforgettable, constant since day one, Garnet Wager sign off phrase. Keep on waging. It's better down where it's wetter. In Atlantis. I hop. Characters welcome. <laughs> when you're here, you're family. And now I hit stop.